Welcome back to The Risk Report. This is episode number 96, and today I am joined by a very special guest, hip-hop artist, singer, producer, extraordinaire of a man, Quasi S. Luna. Yup. What's up, bro? Thank you for coming up here. Absolutely. For a second time. A second time. Yeah, <laughs> man. We doing this all the time. We had episode 96 last week, and uh, due to technical difficulties on my end, I had to hit you up and let you know that we had to redo it because yes. I was way too loud. Well, it's all just so we can have some lost tapes for the risk report. So these are things that private conversations that we will keep to ourselves yep. <laughs> and not show to the rest of the world. From the pregame podcast to the risk report, we are back. Yes, sir. You were the first guest I had on the podcast ever, right? Oh, was I? I think so. Dad. That's awesome, dude. If that's true. Yeah, we did the pregame podcast, the first episode, right? Yeah, that's right, dude. Oh my God, that takes me back back in the days, man. We were just an influence studio and we say, yo, set up a camera and let's just do a podcast. Yeah. yeah. That was funny too. And I started bringing on some of my friends and stuff to, to get you start having a bunch of hosts. We had a bunch of guests on and we didn't put it out, you know, because I think that we got too into the editing process and. Mm. We started like, you know, we would have, um, it was a video and it was like, if someone said something, we'd put like a little image inside and things like that. Like I remember fucking, there was one with this dude Detops and he did some sound and he kind of moved his head and Aaron put like a fucking UFO flying around him and then dipping out, you know, it was <laughs> shit like that, dude. I remember on uh, the one with Kid Crippy where I'm, I'm, I jumped into freestyle with them. And I'm just, yo, yo, yo. And I'm just bouncing my head back and forth like a fucking lunatic. That shit was crazy. Yeah, dude. the Kid Crippy one was good. He freestyle. He killed that freestyle. He's great at freestyle, dude. He killed that shit. Yeah, dude. I remember dude. that. He was singing his shit. It's been a while since I've done music with him, but, uh, Back in those days, man, when we were always linking up and shit, man, we would always freestyle. We would go to the pool near his place in Coral Springs and, and just bust a bunch of freestyles together. It was great times, man. Well, at that time, too, there was, there was definitely a vibe going on musically down Broward area, you know. And oh, yeah. Delray, Broward was huge with music. It was, just, it was just that whole um renaissance of the soundcloud movement where everybody was like yo we see an opportunity here so let's all start doing music yeah and it was great dude yeah i love it that definitely time. was an atmosphere it's crazy that we were making music when all that shit was really starting to take place you yeah. know i mean we were making music when x was making music and Kodak, all that all that man. all that was going down right there in broward so i mean my first ep i dropped it on soundcloud myself mm -hmm. and it did pretty good when i first dropped it because i was like the i was kind of like the popular kid in college and uh i dropped my first ep and i was able to get a show at one of the biggest nightclubs at the time which was heart nightclub right next mm -hmm. to club space and uh i remember just the amount of hype because i met the uh promoter and he got me to come to his office down in downtown miami and we sat down and talked about what we see latinos doing in the music industry and overall in the culture and uh he was impressed with like my idea and this was given this is like my very first ep yeah. so i was still brand new and he thought it was great so we ended up uh he started uh printing out all these flyers that i had custom made by another artist and um i posted the flyers all across school campuses from fau fiu nova i'll just go around and just throw all these flyers because there was just so many and we had a really good turnout on my very first show I ever had, which was at Heart. And I think I was the very first unsigned 
like independent artists to perform there before they started just before they closed down they started getting a bunch of shows local mm. shows in there and stuff but i was the very first one so that was pretty interesting you know what i mean so that was pretty fun damn yeah that's a hell of an experience to have yeah, off rip with the first project yeah i mean there's definitely something to it and back then i don't know as much now but back then that's what people were using to get music we didn't have spotify yet right so it was like people would go listen to that shit bro you'd go you go to any college party any college dorm room or anything like that and it was like boom people would just be put on the soundcloud and let the soundcloud roll yeah and whatever popped up popped up whatever popped up it was great mm -hmm. dude i mean it, i had champagne during that time which was a song i had with sylvester where he produced it and he was also on the track and that song bro i mean i toured with that song for a while i think all my first shows my first tour like my promo tour that i had um every concert i was performing uh champagne and also i just finished releasing cigarettes which was a pretty uh, big song during that time mm -hmm. and uh that got me like a few thousand views on a music video i made with aaron uh back in the day and i posted it on facebook and i got a few thousand views and a lot of people started showing up to these shows over that song specifically because it was a pop song unlike mm -hmm. champagne which was like this kind of drill rap trap song mixed in with this very uh industrial emo type hook and um then you had the cigarettes which was just purely a pop song with the same vocal to it so it was great i mean those were my two songs i would travel with and i brought Typar, another producer mm -hmm. another rapper who uh who's worked with me over the years and sylvester who's worked with me over the years and it was us three and that's how we ended up becoming nutricular sound yeah. which was that trio of us three trio, like the migos bro. almost you know what i mean yeah and, no that and that was pre-migos right wasn't that pre-migos yeah <laughs> like it, i think it was right if you're talking about if this was happening around cigarettes time this was I, I didn't know you yet. it wasn't pre-migos migos was already oh, okay, a thing okay, okay. But it was like the only group where it was like two black guys and a white Spanish dude. You, know I mean, what you mean? guys, <laughs> you guys, performance wise, I remember, and that was going on when you guys were performing a certain song. Um, I forget the name of it. That was around the time maybe we were doing the podcast, the first initial pre right, podcast. Because during that time, because we it were was... performing a lot. That's when we were yeah. having like shows. You and I would put together a show or two, and yeah. But seeing the three of you guys fucking kill it and then have creepy get on there too like Add what was that in. one song what was that song it dude? was a uh, 50 shades dude that song goes so hard it always went hard as fuck yeah. every every performance and i remember the people that would bring out everyone being really impressed and really like whoa like not expecting that it know? was just a lot of energy you know you had you have four guys up on stage and we're just just throwing yeah. this energy at you and and most of the shows that we were doing were like in the Boca area and stuff, even mm -hmm. though we did do like a few fashion shows down in Winwood, um, yeah. which were pretty fun. But overall, and this was before I even got tattoos on my arm, too. Yeah. So this is way a whole way, different way. look, you know. <laughs> Bless the, you. The, thank you. But the look was was there. It was just we're just a pack of rappers all getting together and we all kind of produce. We all kind of sing. We all kind of rap. We all kind of do all these things and together melted together. We we just were presence on stage and it was awesome and that's how most of us ended up getting shows because then creepy started getting shows and he started doing his thing i started getting my shows started doing my thing um sylvester would do his thing typer would do his thing and then we would all join in on our own shows just for a song or two and just kill it dude mm -hmm. it was fun man good yeah. times
And now these are cats you met when you came down here or you grew up with them? Um, or? So Sylvester, I met him at college in FAU, and he's friends with Type R. So I met Type R through Sylvester. And then Crippy, I was friends with him in high school. And we just so happened to link up after a few years after we graduated. And uh, we were both doing music. But Crippy was actually the first person to do music in Coral Springs. And I was actually inspired by his momentum of just doing it where i said okay i'm gonna do the same thing so mm -hmm. i credit a lot to Crippy uh for being one of those people where i saw that i was like oh this is possible i didn't know it was possible to do music like that and um yeah he did always bring a lot of energy <clears throat> with yeah. his performance too um and sylvester was more of a producer so to see him like fucking get up and rap and bring the style and yeah. flow and energy that he did it was like it always i remember his i mean not to knock anyone's part down or anything like that that's not what i'm doing the whole song was great the energy the vibes the chorus the hook but when he would he would kill the verse like that's how you guys would kill the song at the end is like his verse when he would come in i just remember the the energy of the room changing you know Yep, yep, and he's a big guy he's too. He's a big guy, and the so voice is like his voice is low with the muscles, and he just got this hairdo that he's got, and it's just a great combination. Yeah, and uh, Type R is also, I think, very unique because he was also this ambient rapper who would just produce these tracks, and you're just like, damn, dude, we gotta jump on this track with you, and then we would redo the whole song. I mean, Big Dreamers is a remix, Space Race was a remix. Even Fifty Shades was a remix. It was a Kid Crippy song originally, mm. and we jumped on the remix with it. Nice, yeah. So that's how that all that became a creation. But it was those are beautiful times. That was when we were recording right out of the home studio and and Influence Studios before it became the big studio it is today. Um, but those times were probably the most fun, I would say, because after that, I think you and me try to do a little a few things like with Mike SB. Mm -hmm. and franchise and our own thing and then the oh, pandemic the show. happened the yeah show, yeah well, this was the last show yeah it was the last <laughs> show so, it's almost like infamous we were like yeah this is the last show at the funky buddha ever and then it just ended up being the last show for us for a while you know because that pandemic came in man it just changed yes. up everything dude yeah but I'm, I'm happy that things are slowly getting back to normal like for instance this year i was able to perform and head uh not headline but open up for some headliners uh like bam savage it's pretty well known uh check the star uh keys 458 um there was a few really good shows i was able to perform at this year so i'm just happy like the ball's rolling again people are back in the industry working on things and trying to get things together it's a little bit uh different than what we were around because what we were around at the time was like all of us knew each other so we were all performing at the same shows and right. we were all like hanging out so that, that was fun nowadays um i i don't really know everybody when i get booked for a show you know mm -hmm. what i mean so i kind of walk in a room full of strangers and try to make friends and do my thing but overall the shows are fantastic because the amount of talent that is out there and, and still out there and people still doing these things is is amazing i mean and people are still doing the SoundCloud thing. I mean, for yeah, me, oh yeah, I deleted my SoundCloud because I did that whole thing when I killed my ego uh, last year. When it, my it was like the ego death promotion, so I was promoting like I killed myself, I killed Equazy, all that shit died, and I deleted all my websites. I mean, I removed most of those music videos. I removed all the music videos. I removed all my SoundCloud, all my streaming sites. 
Um, but I re I became crazy again and came back to life when I dropped Primo IV. And um, I dropped that fresh into every streaming site and then re-uploaded all my old stuff. And sadly, there's a lot of music videos I lost. Hmm. Oh, my God. I, I think I had like maybe seven or eight music videos, and now we're just down to two. I don't have wow. no idea where those files are at. Wow. So that was my mistake. But uh, the SoundCloud thing, I decided not to continue with SoundCloud. I'd rather just do streaming sites. So like, yeah. if you want to find me, just look up Spotify, S Luna, and you'll find my stuff there. Yeah, right? yeah, that's kind of where I went that route too. Um, it's interesting, man. It feels like things go in like cycles. And um, even with the shows, we, we did go on a run of like, we know everyone, we're putting together these gigs, we're the one booking shows, and then boom. We go back to kind of re, re resetting in a sense, and like now we're having to go find out those shows again and kind of climb the the pole again and climb the, the totem, totem pole, pole you know? again. Yeah. Um, See who's in charge this time. What's going yeah. on? And I've had I've been going through that, but yeah. it's it's been awesome, dude. You know, I I love every step of it. Um, and it's never discouraging. It's just great to kind of see where where we've gone where you've changed throughout the years and and kind of just reflect on that in your present mode you know and kind of take that as inspiration to whatever guides next with your music or your shows and so what do you have what are you working on next you're, you're starting to perform again um you're doing some bigger shows are you working on a project? Is there like something that's kind of fueling this this resurgence? Well, not, to, not to quote one of your albums, you know. What my my main albums? Yeah, dude. I mean, not really, dude. I just finished dropping. Um, so after Primo IV, I, I got my feet wet again, and I said, okay, it's time to drop some more good music. And uh, I started working on some new stuff over over the time that I was hanging out in Influence uh, over my time here in Palm Beach County. And uh, I dropped Glitch, I dropped Resurgence 3, I dropped Timothy, which was an interesting project, and I dropped uh, most recently, which is Fiesta Inferno, which I think is even more interesting. I mean, I worked with this with a producer named Co Morbid, uh, a really talented guy out in Boca, and he had those analog synthesizers, like the old school ones with the cables that you have to plug it in and change the modulations and all that cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And we ended up making some really interesting deep synth pop lo-fi ambient stuff yeah and uh that one's doing pretty good so right now i'm just gonna chill out and, and perform more there's been a lot of open mics up lately now that res restaurants are opening up again and nightclubs are opening up again um so there's been a lot of cool places i can go and explore my sound and just practice a little bit more of my presence again because it's been such a long time but Overall, I'm just focusing on live performances and just getting my face out there again, you know, because that's just the part I enjoy the most. Yeah. I love performing, dude. Just getting my heart and soul out with what I've worked on over the few years, what I was working on during the pandemic, mm -hmm. what I was working on uh, recently in the past year. You know what I mean? Like, just be able to put that out in front of people. Um, it just feels good to be outside the closet for a little bit. Mm -hmm. and I mean that in the, in the sense of like being inside of a booth all day. Because, <laughs> I mean, we all recorded inside of a freaking closet for a yeah. long time. Man. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it sounds like even the music has taken like a cycle back to, you know, even down to what you're saying with the analog and everything. Even go, That's like going back 
to this beginning to the start essentially and kind of you know almost like we're going again with a different mentality and all the experience we've had you know but it's been great to see you come up to West Palm and perform out here at Hullabaloo and seeing you with the band and seeing you perform some of these new songs and I've been watching they they're killing dude like when you perform they crush you got hoes dancing in front of you and shit it's crazy yeah dude it's crazy I still can't believe that 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 night happened I still didn't see it because I'm just so into my music when this man had his eyes closed and he had a fucking uh one of them belly dancers in front of him the whole night it felt like it felt like you know it was like I think it was just the the song the the way they were playing it very it was like this salsa slow salsa fusion with you know obviously their rock take to it and then you're singing you know um it was it was a good vibe and it had people dancing that's the main part it had people dancing people in their seats like this fucking everyone freaking out you know because these girls are like dancing and twerking in front of you so they're everyone's filming that and you're just there spitting Eyes closed, hood up, just spitting, going. That's why Mark Anthony is one of my main inspirations, dude. Just the way he does it, he does the same thing. Just eyes closed and just letting his wailing on the microphone, letting all his air out. Yeah, you know, I mean that that stage presence is one of my my biggest inspirations. Most Mm -hmm. salsa singers actually big inspiration for me. I mean, Gilberto Santalosa, Mark Anthony, all those guys. I mean, Oscar De Leon, probably my favorite of all time. Venezuelan salsa guy. Amazing. Yeah, I gotta I gotta study more of that because I'm I'm just more familiar with Willie Colon and and Hector Laveau. And Hector you know? Laveau, yeah, Those who's are, just mafia. <laughs> which <laughs> their that, lyrics that's are so inspired crazy. me a lot. You know, I think that's really inspiring my the new project I'm working on because it's all Spanish or Spanish and English. But I want to have some of that darker tone to music that you could probably dance to or whatever i showed you the project it was yeah it was great. all different it was all different songs like all different vibes in every song which is pretty common in my albums yeah you know what i mean it's like these fucking just different sounds in an album to try and tell a story but i think essentially listen to that a lot mixed in with all the rock that i listen to and alternative music i listen to that's what's producing that. So having these these lyrics that are inspired by what what I'm going through or what I've been going through this past year, which were it was very sexually fueled, for one, you know, like the right. the the theme of it. Yeah. But it was also like darker in the sense that it's like lone. I'm lonely in a sense. That's what I'm kind of saying throughout these songs is that there's a certain. Um, loneliness to the life that i've been leading you know what i mean <laughs> yeah we always tap into a similar vibe which i respect you for. yeah well like, i think it's part of the um yeah we should probably work on something you know yeah we should man especially because uh you got fiesta inferno and i've got i don't know what i'm going to title this right now but you know maybe it'll say lost weekend for now you know i like that title um we definitely have something going on and we're tuning into a type of music that I don't think has been explored yet right. with the Spanish infusion of different genres, not reggaeton or reggaeton trap or salsa, or it can't really be defined. You know what I mean? Right. You can't really identify what it is, but it just has so many familiarities that yeah. you just tap into it as if it's, it's not just... even pop. 
right? right. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not it's just hip hop. It definitely pop. isn't. But it, it takes it takes certain aspects of every genre and kind of melts it together into a sound that is Roman the Stoic, no doubtably. You know, what I mean, when I heard it, I said this is definitely Roman's music. Um, but it was interesting because it, you added this Spanglish kind of thing to it, and it takes you to a different world. You know, you're one second you're listening to Roman the Stoic rap like he would on a, um, on his songs. But then you go into the Spanish thing. And even though the beat might not be a Latin fusion, it still takes you into that realm where the possibilities are endless and how you can actually interpret it. And I think that was really cool about it. Yeah. And I like what you're doing with your voice too. You know what I mean? That, you. That's the coolest thing about it. Cause you're also a vocalist, you know what I mean? So you always play around and manipulate your voice in cool ways where effects or no effects, you can still tell that you're really purposely changing the tone right. to make the songs feel a certain way, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you've also been probably a big inspiration in that, you know, even subconsciously just being around you with what you've done with your voice and your music and the, the energy you bring with your song. That's, that's one thing I'm starting to notice too, is I'm taking inspiration from the artists around me and really studying them and studying how they uh, like perform or how they, you know, put themselves out there and, and what their energy does to crowds. And so I like to study that and see how I can, not necessarily take anything like that, but just be more motivated for me to figure out my thing and do my thing when I go perform or As make these should. songs, you know, yeah. like explore my own abilities and not give a shit, you know? Right. I, I think that's key of why we all, all should stay united because we all are inspiring each other to go forward and, and, and continue on with whatever creative direction we decide to go with. Um, I think that's the same thing with the artists that I've, I've been performing with this year. It's like their presence and their attitude and how they take it. I get inspired by it. I'm like, that's awesome, bro. Like you're able to do that. Like, that's actually a thing. Um, even down to how I even started make, being S Luna, you know what I mean? It was like, I didn't know that it was a possibility that I could actually do this. But when you start seeing other people putting themselves out there, and being brave, which I think that's the biggest thing about being an artist is you have to be brave because mm -hmm. you're not supposed to care what people are saying about you. I mean, obviously, if they cross the line, they cross the line. But my point is, like, overall, like, just being put forefront on stage, taking all the hits, that's what it really takes to be an artist, you know? Yeah. And I respect that from everybody because it's like you're not the only one trying to do that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's awesome, dude. Yeah. And I love listening to new music by people where it's like, damn, dude, like, I didn't know that was out there like that, you know what I mean? And I feel like I've been getting the same reception respectfully from other artists, you know what I mean? People dancing at my shows, not just girls. I mean, I remember I was at no, this people were just pit. dancing. Dude. Yeah, just dancing. Um, even the tracks that are not like Latin fusion, you know what I mean? They're just straight up weird and funky and trappish you know what i mean i see people just you know just bobbing to it dancing mm -hmm. to it you know what i mean probably doing a little stanky leg maybe once in a while <laughs> you know <laughs> but it's all good man like i love being in an environment of just being around artists you know and even though i missed out our basil this year i can only imagine that we're in a we're in a time period where we're getting back to that you know because we lost that during the pandemic mm -hmm. it was it was sad to be around anywhere. No, yeah, you couldn't it, yeah. do nothing. I mean, there was still our friends are gigging musicians, mm -hmm. and our friends kept it going. 
you know, that that's their livelihood. So they had to keep it going and figure out the ways to do it. So I know that there was, um, work out there, maybe not for everybody. I know it definitely changed things a lot for a lot of people, a lot of musicians. And, um, but what I noticed with them is that, yeah, a lot of people ended up having to do solo stuff, ended up having to venture out on their own and find these new gigs to then, but it's all coming back. You know, it really was like a reset, dude. Yeah, it really was. It was um, intense. And I like what I like about this area and the, the musicians we're meeting and all that is that everyone's supportive. It's not cutthroat. It's not, you know, it really is like a, that's where I see this being a movement, a new renaissance movement, a new art movement in a sense, you know, where you're getting a collective of people that are a plethora of things. They're not just musicians. They're, they work or they're other artists or they're, you know, they do other things. And these people like inspiring each other. It's this melting pot here, especially this area of Palm Beach with something going on, you know, something brewing with the arts. And I see that as a movement that we're kind of living living in and people might not realize it or see it we might not have a name for it yet but i feel like it's going to be one of those things that 20 years 30 years 40 years down the line people might still talk about as like a movement that happened you know right. and they might have a name for it that's true it's like, hey, you remember that those times yeah we're going to call it this now which essentially that's how things work you that's know how things mean? work man you just end up doing your thing you live in a moment and then people talk about it later and that's the part where it's like it's fascinating you know what i mean like like just getting that kind of attention and and having people recognize you i mean bro i mean i go to grocery stores i mean i go to grocery stores and people recognize that i'm an artist you know what i mean like that part was interesting it took me it took me years to get to that they're point. like hey you're that guy that gets the fucking ben and jerry's every time it comes in here, yeah right? <laughs> like stuff like that but something as simple as that is I'm like you're already connecting with people right mm -hmm. and they're connecting with your music whether they're listening to you or not they recognize you as a musician right it's like you'll see like for the most part it's not like everybody's out here listening to my music but right. for the most part people recognize you for music and that's yeah. that's more important in my opinion. yeah even if they don't know it it's weird right you know like i'll there's so many places i go to where i'll have comments and people will say, oh, you fucking rock star. Like when I went to the hospital and the nurse, the nurse yeah. that came up to my room, she was like looking at me and she's like, I love that mustache. She's like, you look like a fucking rock star. I'm like, thank you. But I'm freaking out here. Can you like, yeah. Help me out here? <laughs> <coughs> so she was like hitting on me, but, but yeah, I don't know. Then maybe it's, um, Bro, nurse we've been so doing, fine. yeah, they're so fine. Yeah, I, they're I, so I, went, fine. I went to the hospital a few times yeah. and dude, it was just like, Bro, there was one girl who was like, oh, you gangster now, huh? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you're in that little, uh, you're in that little fucking, what yeah, do they, what do the they scrubs. call that? The scrubs. And you're, no, they're in the scrubs. What do you, what do they put you on when you're like, your back is naked, your ass is showing or whatever? What's that's that? the scrubs. That's, that's, that, no, scrubs is what the nurses wear. Oh, so what are we wearing? <laughs> Some fucking. I'm sure it has a name to it. Oh, dude, I don't know. I thought it was scrubs, man. No. I thought it was the same shit. It's like a fucking tarp that they put over you. Yeah. You I know, know what I mean? And that. your ass is out for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, the pandemic was fun, um, man. I had a lot of nurses. That thing's me. just rising up, pitching a tent. <laughs> yeah, type shit. Like, oh. I no, I mean, they were very nice. Obviously, very busy. And I was, like, being very sweet and nice to them. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's, like, uh, to go back to it, it's, like, um, 
and and aura or a presence uh, that we put about ourselves and we just go about life because we really are doing this we really have been doing this and the mind of an artist is a is a particular thing you know i think everyone in their profession has a certain is of certain mind you know it's like a particular people and artists have that way of kind of exhuming a presence about them that gets them noticed in certain ways and i think without almost i don't want to say the word validation because i don't know if it is it sort of is a validation but i think with that kind of validation it keeps people going yeah you know little signs in life keep people going of like oh maybe i you know because we all do get on ourselves and we do beat ourselves up about shit um so yeah it's it's good to just kind of have that shit keep going yeah but i think that's the first step right like at least people uh acknowledging your presence and and what you're doing and your hard work you're putting in that's like spiritually that's support you know people spiritually support what you're doing like i said like not everybody's gonna like what i was saying last time damn yeah that's even like that clout, might be even like the most important part right. aspect of it well because clout doesn't equal streams right so clout is just your overall reputation and the attention you're getting and having some clout is nice you know what i mean um having some streams is better because that's true support so you can tell right. the difference between spiritually supporting you and acknowledging what you're doing and yeah giving or you, materialistically supporting you which would be that clout right 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 yeah that's and I, that's one thing i've struggled with i think you've done a better aspect of because we were like we were talking about earlier we were coming up in that soundcloud era right and so we saw motherfuckers we knew or had seen around here popping right, right? and so it was like yeah. oh this is possible right. so it would it had a certain uh pressure to it we had a certain pressure especially as rappers at that time to come up and do that thing and i would say very early on i was like fuck that like i don't know i had something very early on was very much like i just want people to hear it like if they hear it almost right. you know what i mean but i mean like, that, i don't that... i never wanted to be that the pusher and stuff like if people i need a manager that's what i need i need a manager <laughs> and a managing team and i give you control of my page and you post and you you know Which a label would do. serve me like i i would be good with a label because it'd be like i understand right. you're loaning me money we're gonna pay it back do this shit for me you know like i can't do this you know let me just live and do my thing that's right. so my 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 take was more like that and it was very difficult for me to get that clout but for an artist like you you were very good with the social media and the getting the follows yeah, getting and getting the, you were getting a lot of interaction which is why i kind of miss my soundcloud page because it was doing pretty well for over the past i don't think it's years. not it's not bad to have it's just it got i think we were so just not places. paying enough attention to it right but it, it was funny because like just having a good soundcloud page got you in places like you were able to go in free to certain events and be invited to certain right. parties like well, i then remember it made a turn though the spotify really shows a professional look right when you when that it's the same kind thing. of turn happened that yeah. transition yeah it is the same thing but i feel like soundcloud really uh 
had a certain demographic. And I remember going to these parties down in Miami and hanging out with all these SoundCloud rappers. And it was just a certain, a certain look to it, right? Yeah, if you're SoundCloud, more, it was that's a certain more look. like pop punk scene that it was, was coming up in Miami. Scene, bro. Yeah. It was a whole punk yeah, scene. Man. Like it was rap music, but like the attitude was it punk. was crazy. It dude. was great. And dude. those shows were crazy. Yeah, dude. Bro, I remember one guy just jumping off the rooftop of a house, bro, just to jump into a mosh pit. That was insane, dude. Like I've been to these parties and they were just great. It dude. really was more of an energy. I mean obviously some of the music holds up and you've got your artists that came out of that that are gonna be forever great you know but yeah and have those hits or some that have just fallen off over the years and they continue on dude i think it was a a vibe a energy a movement in a sense you know and that was like a dis our dis our generation disgruntled coming up you know like those disgruntled youth of that the 20 year olds of that coming through and then having those issues and with the painkillers or the drugs or the violence which is always going to be there no matter yeah, what for sure that's that's that was that real hip-hop just most of them about it up though that's the only thing a lot of them have grown up and now yeah, they, of course. they're working jobs and shit which is well, funny because like the whole time i was working a job you know what i mean so it's, it's like life yeah for most of them that were young like really young and they didn't have a job and this was all they were doing they put in all their energy into it but now you can tell like some of them are going to the workforce and trying to get used to having a, a work-life balance where you can work and also do music but since that's what i've been doing ever since i started like mm-hmm. to me it's been easy to have a nine to five and then just right we do were my music we were as well. we were a part of a different movement yeah <laughs> you we, know what I mean? we were the older ones at the time we doing were that. yeah we were around that age though i would say we were what, 23 I mean, I was, I'm what, a year older than you, two years older than you? Yeah, you're like a year older than me. Well, yeah, I'm 27, so, you're 28. Yeah, so yeah. we were, I think we were of that time, bro. I guess, but I, I still do what I'm doing because it's like, it's it, nothing has changed like so far in like having that balance, right? Getting, ha, making money, getting that money, using that money for music and then performing and Yeah, doing we've all always been doing stuff. that. And yeah. I, that's why I say, I think we were just a part of a different movement. We, we kind of even though we had those moments of like kind of peeking through the curtain and yeah. so to sense or like we getting there, to those so, spots yeah. and performing at those spots and um the experiences we've had with it for sure i mean dude we, we had some crazy shows we had shows at mansions we've had shows remember that yeah. fucking mansion dude that mansion was crazy they didn't like me though no it was that one fucking loser me, ass dude that came through hey, here comes sylvester about to beat his ass mic. and he runs bro, we all fucking <laughs> we all were about to beat his ass i remember that and i remember yeah. he walked past and i was like try and grab the mic from me motherfucker see what happens when i go up remember i had the kid. i had the fucking moms coming up with yeah. me dancing it was funny Those too latin because funk days it's crazy it, that was latin funk days but it was just funny because i remember i had an issue with the dj which sucks because like the dj was a fucking asshole but he uh he thought it I was didn't... a weird vibe yeah it was a weird vibe because it was it was all these douchey like tool kind of kind of guys it was you like a I mean? it was like a frat party it, it wasn't on. a frat party though it was just no, it all was the like... douchey kids that had rich parents yeah. who's had who knew that rich guy's family that's true. and got invited and so I remember the DJ thought I didn't know what I was doing. So I grabbed the microphone and I'm testing the frequency to see like where I can stand to perform. And he just rips the microphone from my hand. He's like, bro, you don't know what you're doing. I'm like, bro, I know what I'm doing. It's not my first time performing. And it just sucks because this guy, I forgot his name. I think it was named Ben. 
Ben something. He's like a big time. Like now he performs all about. around here in Palm Beach, which sucks because I was like, he's such a dick. But um, no, dude, honestly, he was a dick look, to me. Bro, bro. He's just a DJ. Yeah, but and he was a dick. That's like, the problem. All my, all Everybody my, there I don't was a dick. Talk dude. shit about him, but all my buddies know him and are good friends with him. And me and him just never vibe. He's just always had an off vibe to him. And so I always stay clear of that guy. But yeah, man, I mean, he's he pushes a fucking button. He's not a musician. He's right. not a creator. He's not an artist. It he's was, a fucking guy that, mansion that was not, sits up there and plays songs. Right. And I'm just saying that mansion that. party wasn't all that. Yeah. For me, like for me, that wasn't the crowd for me. Like the warehouse no, parties I've thing, had, man. warehouse what parties, I'm saying house is like, parties. We had we had a lot of crazy. Oh yeah, for some reason that one popped into my head. Yeah, yeah, because that, that was like, like because it was just so much fun, bro. And like and like we still have fun because, for instance, like we were still doing blow, we were still fucking smoking. Like we were like, dude, like we're still we at were the party, party, dog. We were yeah. partying, yeah, yeah. and we it was had, just like I everybody wanted to take the mic from me, dog. I was like, it was great time. Yeah, I was like, why is everybody trying to take the mic from me? For God's sake, I had homies from Orlando come down. Yeah, so we've had some, you know, pretty wild experiences, and we've been through these different movements, and I think that we're just boom in another movement right now. And I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, I think you know I was gonna drop a song this month, but I think I'm just gonna let it let it ride to January and just start dropping from January on and just see what I fucking make, you know, from from here on out, make of myself with this with what's going on and what shows I might have. And you I know, really want to just get a, a group of musicians and really just work out a that's, set. That's the type of shit that we should be doing. Like, honestly, like sit down and just say, okay, let's actually plan out our set lists. Let's actually plan out these these shows and actually have a, a band with us. Like, there's a lot of people who, who are just performing with straight live bands now. I'm like, bro, where are these guys? Like, the amount of organization that needs to be had yeah. to do that is insane. Because I'm used to just getting a show, booking it, bringing the tracks with me, have the DJ run it, and then I'm performing it the way I need to perform it to make yeah. it good. You know what I mean? So, it's a different style of music. It's a different style of live performance in mm -hmm. general. I remember there was a live performance I had in Boca back when Blue Martini used to be around. Uh, and yeah, I, performed I performed with a live band there too, and that was fun. Yeah, That was a great band. That Dude, they killed every song, dude. Like It was amazing. So I think I played with them too. You probably have. I forgot their name. Was it the same show, or there were a couple shows there? I did one. I did one where I brought Crystal on. Oh, really? To do a show, or did she bring me on? I think she brought me on. Yeah. And then I think after that, I did one there at Blue Martini. I performed there twice, and it was like over the bar on that. Remember that? It was like these. The, you were like on this glass. It's like lighting, light blue or whatever, and you're just like, yeah. That place was wild, dude. Um, it's so sad. So many clubs had to shut down because of the stupid. That pandemic. place was a fucking. Bro, that was a, that, that was one of my first clubs I snuck into. Club, in fact, dude. I remember because like near the entrance, they used to stack up a bunch of chairs, and when I was underage, I would just jump right past all these stacked chairs, and I would get in for free, so no one would pay attention because it was past <laughs> the the guard's vision. He just so, sneak through. Yeah, dude. And people are like, "How the fuck are you getting here?" It's like, "Don't worry about it." And I'm just going party the whole night. It was great, dude. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Good times. Man. I forget about all these all this shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, and not only that, like you and me have had so many performances together that 
it, it kind of gets all melted together into one big memory. So I, I don't even remember half the shows we've done because we've done so many, bro, to be honest. But they range from Funky Buddha to now we're doing the West Palm shows. The stash. Fun. You remember that stash? Show? Oh, dude, when I brought you guys on, I forgot how I even got that show, dude. But they invited me to do stash. That show was packed. Packed. Bro, I remember the amount of... uh. The amount of camera lights that were on and people just like recording us perform like that was amazing and then when we would go to the like once we finished performing we had like that interview and then from the interview we would go to the front of the of the uh of the club and everybody's chatting about us they're like who are these guys blah 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 blah, blah. and we're like just doing our thing bro so fucking amazing bro yeah that was a good well put together show yeah it was and that was when I used to wear face masks on stage. Yeah. Like before, before, pre, 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 pre pandemic, pre pandemic, you were was, calling it. I was already fucking wearing face masks every time you I walk were, on stage. You know, it's crazy, man. You're like a Nostradamus almost with your music. And I, that was something Aaron, <laughs> Aaron and I would talk about because we were always like, you know, he's out there, man. He's cra- he's crazy, yeah. but he's calling a lot of shit out, dude. Like you've been calling your shit out, and you also have a very like wild like song title choice and album title choice like the names you've you've rattled off are pretty wild and then i've also seen kind of take place or whatever you know it's like almost apocalyptic in a sense you're like uh you get like visions in a sense you know right i do Uh, my imagination does go pretty far and uh, let alone like the sessions i used to have with aaron was like we would we would before we record and start producing some beats we would just watch hours and hours of like conspiracy theories and illuminati shit and joe rogan podcasts and we would come up with all these theories about the world and life in general and a lot of those <laughs> things ended up coming true like it was just crazy yeah. like that shit haunted me after a while cuz i was like i don't know why i have this 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 uh energy that i tap into that for some reason I, I ended up predicting stuff you know it was just crazy i mean one of the craziest things was the um uh, i was accused uh, by my manager it was funny uh, by a few people but it was kind of like a joke it was like a gag that people had for a while but they were like yo you killed pop smoke i'm like what do you mean i killed pop smoke i don't even know who the fuck it is and i actually didn't listen to pop smoke i don't like i don't like drill rap so um when i started listening to pop smoke's music i'm like what do you mean i killed pop smoke and they go well, you have this one song called Simulation, which was like based off of conspiracies and stuff like that. Um, where in the song, I'm like, I'm killing the bop and the rapper's pop. And and they were like, see, you kill the rapper pop. And I'm like, oh, no, you guys you are evil. rapper's pop. The rapper's pop music, right. Yeah. But like they 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 changed those lyrics on me and they, they were like, there was a joke around Pompano for a while. They're like, yeah, that's the guy who killed Pop Smoke. Terrible. Because uh, the guy who actually shot him, his name was Corey, I think, Corey Walker or something. Um, he had the same name as this guy where I, one time I ended up like selling drugs to uh because my boy came in and he's like yo bro i need you to do me a favor i'm trying to start a company do you mind flying out with these pounds of weed to the cayman islands uh which i actually mentioned in one of my songs called nipsey montana where i'm like i'm serving <laughs> You're up just cayman. incriminating yourself yeah here, yeah i'm like out, yeah I'm rattling like, <laughs> off all this fucking yeah, yeah. shit that you shouldn't be rattling right off. right and i'm I was like, like this guy juan de la vega and then cory walker <laughs> snitching on yourself bro cut it no i didn't say cut any it. of that i didn't say any of that. It, all i said was that i'm serving up cayman um but but uh the joke yeah, was no, that you, the joke was that the guy 
that I met was the Corey that shot Pop. So they thought that I killed Pop. I'm like, that's not the same black guy for the record. I hope you cut all those people out of your life. Bro, oh, bro, they they're terrible. gone, bro. They're gone because they got some nasty things into my head. And I actually believed it for a second. This I'm man's like... putting pictures up, <laughs> running red fucking string <coughs> from oh. one edge to the wall to the other. Yeah. He's like, did I kill Pop Smokes having some fucking memento moment? Bro, and I was high as fuck during those times, bro. So I'm here smoking, thinking about conspiracy theories. I'm like... There might yeah, be, well, there we might were, be, there we might be. We were worried about tied. you. We were worried about you at that time. Yeah. What project were, were you working on there? Oh, uh, that was crazy. That was during Quasi and Chico X. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was like you were really tripping out about shit, man. Because things were happening, bro. It was just the end of the world. Cause and my we're whole, like, dude, relax. My man. whole thing was the Armageddon. And yeah. since the pandemic happened, and there was a lot of things that are just kind of tying together conspiracy wise i was just kind of losing my mind man that's why i ended up going that's why i ended up going to a mental uh mental health facility like a a health clinic and just i mean i found out the only thing i have is depression which is like whatever but uh for a little bit i was losing my mind bro i was i was just going crazy on shit i was like it it was super on brand though like the whole experience was on brand it's (laughs) almost like you're a method actor and you tap into these like roles or these characters when you do your music and like you really tap in you know what i mean like crazy you were saying we're like crazy all right but we didn't see it until we saw it bro like you like turned into that motherfucker it's like the joker or something you know what i mean Yeah, yeah so and it did definitely worry us but i'm glad you got the help and and figured some shit out i mean i think going down that armageddon rabbit hole going down the end of times rabbit hole like i just went down that um a couple months ago i started like for some reason i just started watching more videos about like the end times and like the scripture and all this shit and it was fucked i was like dude no matter how you put it like a lot of these the way they say these things does allude to how things are going but it's like i don't want to fucking trip myself out anymore you know what i mean i right. had to cut that 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 shit out because every day is a fucking blessing every day is beautiful and i'm chilling dude i'm doing what i want i don't gotta fucking think about the devil coming back the antichrist <laughs> the, antichrist the fucking end of times and world war three really and the angels that. coming out of the euphrates river that's dried up right all the right. shit they're calling out i'm like dude i don't need to fucking that's why a lot of it has been like i'm gonna go f- buy a farm and just, yeah. I'm just like gonna go away and just raise animals and go back to the land, you know. That was fueling a lot of that thought. But I, I knew I had to, at a certain point. I'm like, dude, fuck this. Like, I gotta cut that shit. That's some bullshit out. Yeah, dude, I needed to. There was, there was no other way that I could like, like I can live, bro. Because that shit, that shit gets toxic, bro. Dude, like, it's toxic. It's really. And when toxic. I was younger, when I first started making music, I. I had a very similar thing. I was going through these changes when I was 16 where, you know, I'd gotten in trouble. I'd gotten, um, you know, in trouble with the law and all this shit. And I had a six to six curfew. All this stuff is expunged. It's off of the record, right? It was just a childhood mistake I'd made when I was 16. Yeah. And um, I had stopped everything I was doing, smoking weed and stuff. And I was of clear mind. But of that clear mind was this intense rage that i had to kind of deal with or like you know aggression or whatever the fuck it was that i wasn't facing within myself 
and it came out as this project, this this music under Cronus. I was Cronus, the celestial being. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I was this character, mm. and in like the music I was making, in a sense, and um, it was very conspiracy theory based. Um, you know, I just wanted, I was like immortal technique fused with diabolic. Yeah. I was listening to all those guys and I just wanted to emulate kind of that style and, uh, write the craziest shit. So I was just saying crazy shit. I have a song we could find called the fate of America. And it's just like ridiculous, you know, like, I mean, the, the lyrics are fire and it's like, I'm calling out shit, conspiracies and shit, but it's like, I don't know. At a certain point I caught myself being like, this is too much. This is too, like weighing on me. Yeah. And then I just left that in the past fairly quickly. Also I did, I did 24 songs. Away, right? Yeah, but he passed away a few years after that, okay. maybe four years after that. Um, but what happened was I, I made this project, 24 songs, and it got some traction, dude. Not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, yeah. People would talk shit. I mean, their comments were just like crazy, dude. Really? Oh, my God. It's crazy, dude. Damn, that probably got into your psyche, too. Some of it did. I mean, sometimes I'd reply like, dude. But yeah. like, then there were some people that'd be like, dude, this guy sounds like J. Cole, or this guy reminds me of J. Cole. And it's like, this was in like 2010, bro. Right. So it's like right when he was coming up. So it was like there was certain accounts that were like saying wild shit about me on different accounts on different YouTube pages and be like, yo, go check out this guy Cronus, like on a underground uh whatever, like uh -huh. a video, like a Vinny Paz video. You scroll down in the comments, go check out this dude Cronus or whatever from some account. And so it would drive people over and then they'd be like either fuck this guy or they'd give me some advice or they'd say this guy's sick you know like this is some crazy shit you know like whatever it was just like a mix of everything of yeah. just like battling with chat room <laughs> and i was like what the fuck i mean there's so much so that a homie of mine in england listened to me as cronus didn't know it was me and when he moved back to the united states i showed him i was like yo i make music and stuff and i showed him and he's like this is you mate I'm like, yeah. He's like, mate, I fucking used to listen to this back in Leeds. You know what I mean? I was like, what the wow. fuck, dude? Yeah. That's cool. But um, yeah, I don't know what that was. I left that behind. And then when I went to, and I stopped making music, it was like this brief, like thing I had to let out in a sense. I was stuck six to six in my, for six months in my fucking uh, six, six, six. six, <laughs> six, six. <laughs> 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 you know, I was stuck in this, uh, you know, in my house. I would I'd come home from school, I'd work, I'd skate in front of my block, and then I'd go inside and I'd just make music because it was right before the summer, so I had the whole summer like that. Wow. So it forced me to just work, and what I did was I wrapped in my closet. I took out a fucking rock band microphone. A rock band microphone? Rock band microphone wow. was a USB microphone. Right. I put it on this fucking laptop that I had, Windows black laptop. Yeah. And I'd record it on Audacity. Wow. I would take beats from online and I would just find like, oh, this is a sick beat. I'd write something crazy. I'd take a beat and fucking record it and put it out. And that was Kronos. And that was Kronos. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. But I that from that, it stemmed to then Alex Roman when I got to college and I was freestyling all the time and mm. not making music again. And, right. then I, and that's when I had that change of like, 
zen of like i don't want to be this aggressive guy i want to be this <laughs> peaceful dude and so that's when our art and fear came out and that was yeah. my first song back and um yeah it just took a more zenny approach and then it just fused into what it is today roman the stoic you know wow that's cool. a, a balance you know of that dark with the light zen of just i'm just the stoic you know stoic that's interesting, dude. I have seen the progression because I met you when you were just Roman, right? So, which I guess that's after Alex. <laughs> so it's like I'm cutting names, adding names. Yeah, in there. yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I ended up just keeping yeah, quasi, Roman. quasi, same thing. Yeah, I had to change it to Roman the Stoic because Roman, it got confused with another. There's a guy getting paid for my albums. It's under Roman, you know, like right. The seven album is under Roman, and it got a lot of traction to that album. But it's not his album. It's the wrong artist. It's my album. Oh, you know, it's a whole different genre of music. Right. Dude's not even singing, I think. And so I, I realized I had to cut, I do Roman something, you know. Yeah, that happened to me recently, too. I just found out on YouTube that there's like a reggaeton singer named S. Luna. But he doesn't have the period like I do. Mm -hmm. So you can tell the difference. But that part upset me because I was like, bro, like when I made my, my name, I made sure nobody else had my name. And now turns out there's another guy around here yeah. with the same name and like his songs would pop up sometimes on my spotify or something and i have to call spotify and let them know yo that's not my song take <laughs> it off my listing you know what i mean and they would be doing that but that is pretty interesting i feel like the whole tapping into different characters really helps uh kind of produce a different sound every time which is what i've always done with quasi Quazy's always this kind of figure that i use to kind of speak out a different kind of truth or a different kind of version of reality. You know what I mean? Like for instance, I know Quasi and or Quasi, whatever, um, does a lot of Xanax. I don't do Xanax at all. I hate that shit. You know what I mean? But in my lyrics, I'll say, yeah, I'm popping Xanax when I'm in the That's Quasi. Because I see Quasi as that kind of character. And know? Quasi was when you were wearing the mask. Yeah. That yeah, was the other so, thing. So the it's idea like, was yeah, that. you had to you had to make a whole different persona, and that's been done in music before, and I think it's cool to do, man. To because, like you said, it's it explores a whole different sound that you might not want to do for you necessarily. You're not, but you're not. You're doing it as this other thing. As this other person. It's almost like if you were to manage an artist and get, you know, this is how you should dress. Is you know, kind of like ghost write for an artist in a sense but you're just goes writing for yourself you're just acting as that other artist <laughs> yeah you know? exactly yeah that's fascinating man it is fascinating i mean it's it's endless what we could do and and i think things like that in nature might lend to you know script writing or things of that nature Absolutely. or shows of like yeah. you know um like music shows and things like that. Just that creative nature of being able to step outside yourself and think objectively in a sense enough, enough objectively to know how different personalities or different ways of viewing things might play, you know? Right. Yeah. I think, I think that part would be interesting because if you think about it, like if I could find a group of people who are trying to direct and, and script, write and make a whole show, I mean, I would love to be a part of that, but it would have me tapping into another character and I would have to become a whole nother person for a few months to make sure that every scene is as authentic as it can be. Yeah. Because every time I turn on that camera, I have to make sure I'm not Sam no more. I'm 
you know, whoever that person on the script is. And I mean, method acting is cool that you bring that up because, like, I've always been a fan of method acting. I mean, I used to do little movies when I was a kid, like on the VHS and record that with my friends in the neighborhood and we would make movies and I'll do method acting too, where I become a whole different person. Um, I did, I did that. I was a thespian. So I remember middle school, I was a junior thespian, uh, did a few shows. I was like bugs and Malone. So I was the lead role. I was bugs and Malone in a show. Um, I was Danny Zuko in Greece as a lead role, um, in high school which was fire. I mean, it was funny because I was the type of person where I wasn't in drama club and I wasn't hanging out with the drama kids, but I went to audition and I got the lead role. And uh, the people that I ended up coming out and supporting were like the football team and the uh, swim team and all these other kids that all the hood kids that probably would never see a drama show in their life. They saw it because I was in there on the bill. So it was cool to have that kind of representation to say like, hey, I'm that Latino that decided to like step into this role and actually present myself this way and like the whole school year i was dressed just like danny i was wearing the jeans <laughs> no i was wearing the white shirts <laughs> i was wearing the converses like i never changed the look just... i i kept i kept growing out my, my hair so like i was danny throughout the whole school year bro it was crazy man <laughs> so i mean I, dude i, I get that, that i get that dude especially growing up in high school middle school you're just figuring shit out i i definitely tried to emulate certain people or certain styles i mean dude i think pop culture movies and tv shows is what really introduced me to wanting to be a musician since i was a very little kid like probably five i would say seven 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 years old what was influencing me to want to want to be a musician or want to be an artist like that was tv and, and movies was seeing like the wedding singer or seeing drake and josh bro like drake remember drake would just fucking crush the guitar play shows yeah and then always be making out with chicks on a fucking nickelodeon tv show right yeah he's always pulling girls and it's like i want to be that fucking guy and right look at drake now dude yeah it's terrible he got terrible. stuck there. I think he makes some great music, dude. No, I haven't heard his music, but you haven't no, heard his I, music. I, I what meant, do you mean? I you meant I meant terrible as like what what you know because he was into these little girls and shit like that. You know what I mean? Oh. He stayed back. The problem was he was probably pulling too much fucking high school Dale, <laughs> and he just couldn't give Drake. it back. Yeah. Um. But no, it wasn't necessarily the music, more as the look, and then movie movies like The Wedding. Gave me more of like a songwriting approach. For some reason, that character, I when I watched that movie as a kid, it was like, oh, that makes me want to write a song. And like that inspired me to try and write a song. Right. I don't know if it was the idea for love, idea for finding a mate, or, if, you know, this is the way to fucking pull girls. I don't fucking know what it was, but I was like, I want to be a rock star. <laughs> mm. and, and that really pursued me into like trying trying music out and then it just kept that bug in there i think and eventually it grew into what it is now i don't know but i, I would say that that shit really did influence me before almost like the music it just kind of opened the door and then showed me like then my own curiosity is what kind of led me to the music that i would digest or consume or want to emulate or want to try and make you know so it's interesting, man. I think, 
I think it's good to be open-minded because we do have these skills to write and create and think outside the box. And when you come together like that with directors or script writers, like I have an idea for a show. I was writing a lot when I was living back with the guys. You remember that house? Yeah. Um, I started writing shit. And even I think when I was just living with Tyler, I started writing this concept. And the concept is about a show kind of would be like Atlanta meets Entourage, right? And it would be a show about like the groups of people we've met, the Lorenzos, like, right? Like make a character based off of Lorenzo, make a character based off of you and me and Tyler and all these kind of like interwoven webs that lead to like just people out here trying to make something of themselves in their path that they want to do but show the struggle so the idea of it was you know you only see success people only see success when it's when it's there when it happens they don't see the 10 years before the success that's what i want the show to be is the 10 years before the success the fucking struggling the me working at a job and telling the fucking uh, boss to fuck off because he's being a dick and quitting and then just like hitting up Lorenzo to go write this song to go make record this song and kind of just you know like little instances like that of like the real shit the show and then the bullshit after the show the sh- the fucking guy grabbing the microphone and yeah. us having to beat his beat his ass you know like just take those experiences and make a show out of it of like a group of creatives in this area and i think right now too would be fucking great to produce something like that i think so that'd be fun dude that'd be sick i would love to be a part of a movie man yeah yeah for sure that's a whole different thing i mean that's something my parents wanted me to get into since i was a little kid and i just never did i I, they put me in it bro and I fucking rebelled against it. I mean, I was doing monologues. I was doing reading for auditions. I was getting photos taken. I'd do little things here. I did a dog food commercial for Telemundo. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, dude. I mean, and I, I, spent, just, I, spent I just most of purposely my... sabotaged it. You sabotaged it. Yeah. See, I, I, on the other hand, I kind of like lost my hope for it because I, I did a lot of casting calls and but I never really got called back for anything. So like I got tired of doing that. Like always spending, you spend like an hour, two hours at a casting call at like UN Dude, or something it like was, that. It was terrible. And I was like yeah, 11. I was 11 and 12. I was, it was between 11 and 13. And I was like, Dude, I want to skate. Mm. That's what I wanted to do. I want to skateboard. See the way I, I look couldn't at it, skate throughout the week too much. Right. I'd be working with my parents and then it'd be dark and I couldn't skate. And then the weekend would come through. I'd skate Friday after school. But of course, when it's dark, I got to be in. Right. And then Saturday comes through and forget about Saturday. The whole day I'm at that fucking acting agency and trying to do your thing. Yeah. And I'm dude. just like, dude, yeah. I want to skateboard. It's Saturday. You right. know what I mean? But I just didn't hours. understand it at that time. Yeah. I feel like, it's more gratifying to have the power to say, I'm going to make art and release it right away, which is what music is, than having to 
kind of kiss ass and it's, it's the same thing like a job interview like doing a bunch of job interviews and just literally get the job you know what i mean like literally. it's just acting is just like a whole nother respect and a whole nother thing which i respect the people that are able to have that kind of luck where it's like boom you got a role in a, in a independent film boom you got a commercial boom you did that well, what's the, the what's the part, quote man it's it's, it's luck what is it it's success happens when luck and preparation meet Right. So it's not just the luck, it's that they're preparing and they're doing the work and they're going to the auditions and they're, you know, practicing their lines and they're going to improv groups and they're really, they're like us as artists, really just living it and perfecting their craft until hopefully something happens, you know. But yeah, I think they're in interwoven um, disciplines. And without a show, you definitely need a fucking song. You definitely need an uh, album. You definitely right. need a music director. That's why you have a bunch of people doing all the things all at the same time. You yeah. know what I mean? But I don't know. I'd rather just focus on music and it's more fun for me because I feel like if a, if a film opportunity ever pops up, it's going to come up right to my face. Like, yo, we want you for this. I mean, dude, I to, <laughs> that shit happens that. too, bro. Like that shit happens too, though. Yeah, That's yeah. the thing. And sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't. You know, um, I had one where um, it's crazy and it's crazy because it's like when life imitates, like it's crazy, like your dreams and all this shit, it like, boom, it happens. It was, I was working at this place called Sonny's, right? Sonny's Gelato. I was a server, the long hair, the tattoos, right? The fucking beard, the flannels <laughs> and I was obviously making music. I think this was when I put out seven and this girl was like, Hey, this guy babysit for in Boca. He's, um, he's writes scripts. He's got this script and he wants you to audition for it. Cause I was telling him about you. So I said, okay, I'll meet with him. Met with him. The show was about an IT guy. <laughs> right. So like an Indian looking dude, IT guy who could rap like was this really good rapper and all of a sudden had this like song that went viral or this video of him that started going viral of him rapping at the christmas party <clears throat> so i sent him some music i showed up i met with him he gave me he gave me a couple hundred dollars he gave me like three hundred dollars to just fucking do an audition the guy's name in the guy who was the Indian dude, the protagonist, his name in the show, Sonny. <laughs> so I was like, dude, this is meant to fucking happen. Right. This is meant to be, bro. This is life like coming to an art meeting, you know? And so I was very excited about that role. And then it just didn't he didn't get the investors and it didn't have it just didn't a, fall and through that's the thing it's not cheap to make a movie fuck man. no he well he wanted to just make a pilot i mean he was ready to make the pilot he was like i'm just gonna get this investor try and make this pilot right and so that's what he kind of set me on for and i was like fuck yeah dude i'm in right. i'm in right, right i'm funny you know it guy i don't give a fuck you know what i mean you look like one now too yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because there's yeah, some places but you where never it's like, know it happens, you know, for Jacob tacos, uh, shout out to Jacob tacos. He's yeah. on the podcast and I can't talk about it too much because I don't think the film's been, been released, but it's something that's going to come out on Paramount plus. And he played, he played a very significant role in this like documentary where it's like a reenactment documentary. Yeah. 
and uh, it was because of his music and it was because of his look that because it's about a music documentary about oh. um I forget which I think the sticks it's like a sticks documentary or something like that and uh fuck maybe I'm saying too much dude it hasn't come out yet yeah but yeah he had a role in that and boom you know um just because of the music just because of the people we know and you never you never know those opportunities do come it just sucks because like there's so many agencies tied to it like there's places that you go and it's like sure you might get the role they'll be like yeah we we want you a part of our agency but you have to pay to be a part of the agency so you're spending thousands of dollars to be a part of something that probably won't pay back yeah i mean you know they they take a percentage off take a huge percentage they off. take a percentage off Actors of what you don't make. make that much money bro. no I and feel like the you get more, thing is you get is more that from music you make you make a big check you make a big check but that check might take you a month and a half two months to make way more sometimes way it, more because as an air you know what i mean yeah. that's if it even airs yeah so then you no, just but they'll like pay you or you ha- you get a gig that pays you for the job and then yeah. you get your little checks here in the mail you know but but they usually pay you a first initial big check. And that bitch might, you might not see that bitch for a fucking month or two. You know what I mean? And it's like, you got to pay rent and pay bills and pay this and pay that. And so that, that gets very tough for sure. But you know, it is one of those jobs where you can have another job. You can have a side job for sure. Everybody does. You know, it's like, you have to, you You have have to. to. And I think as Latinos and growing up and our culture, we were, instilled in that always like you know it's like you have to fucking work all the time no matter what you do hey do you want you want to be this artist you want to be this guy that's all good man but you gotta work okay it's like you gotta that fucking was instilled in me always and i think it's just within our culture to to work for the most part there's some lazy ass motherfucking (laughs) hispanics too but you know, it's, we we were a part of that different movement, man. Different movement of working artists that just, I don't know, we took the longer route is what I feel like we did. And we consciously made that decision, a lot of us. And I'm really proud of where we're at, most of us, you, and other artists that we've met over the time. It's been fucking great, man. Hell yeah, bro. We're only going to keep going from here, dude. Yeah. 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 All right, so we got to hit up Crystal. All right, we gotta hit up Crystal Turner because now she's doing more of the acting thing, and maybe she's we can get that. this fucking show going, man. I I kind of forgot about. I have so many ideas, and I forget about shit. It kind of gets stored in this like dusty cobweb folder, yeah. you know, filer thing, and it's like I gotta f- open it up, and it's like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> like I could totally pull up the script. I probably got like five or six, seven, eight pages, you know. Yeah. I wrote a whole fucking sci-fi thing, dude. I was trying to write this sci-fi novel that kind of was coming off as a script. And uh, just bananas shit, dude. I'm crazy, too. <laughs> I think we're all crazy. That was the point. <laughs> nice, man. So what is it? Uh, uh, Salsa Inferno? What is it called? Uh, Fiesta Inferno. Fiesta Inferno is the new project that's coming out. It's already out. It's already out? Yeah, it's already out. That's not the... What What other project are you working on now? I'm not working on anything uh, right now. Yeah, that was just my last one, and now I'm just wrapping up the year. You know I'm what I'm saying? Wrapping it up. Always wrap it up. That's Luna. Always wrap it up. <laughs> you already know. All right, brother. Well, thank you for coming on. 
This was a good talk. For sure. Where can the people find you at? You can find me S Luna. It's spelled S dot L U N A. You can find me on all streaming sites. I'll be around here in the neighborhood. I'm all up and down South Florida, so you'll find me somewhere. All right, brother. All right, brother. Thank Peace you. Peace out, motherfuckers. Me. Peace, yeah. Entice you to pursue, so give it all that you got. Regardless, I won't stop. I'm just an artist who's gonna make it. Baby, just watch. Better know what my name is before you acting all shocked. I got a crazy perspective, the type the half of you got. See, I'm very reflective. Time is just passing us by. Most of you living a lie, hiding behind a disguise. Realize that we're together and connected with ties. These are the types of bonds that humans cannot describe. Feeling like an angel that went and fell from the sky. My own personal hell, you can see through my eyes. Piercing the feeblest minds till you fear my design. Revere all of my rhymes until it's clear it's my time. Like, we're all
they call Sonda They say our lives are reflected by another A lot of us get caught up in the understanding of the reality that uh, we surround ourselves with But in reality, the thing is, we all live in our own bubbles There's a lot of human beings out here You're human, the person next to you is human The person living right next to you is human We all gotta learn how to respect others Respect ourselves in the process And that's how we're gonna respect the world Sonder.